Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women influencing real life. So let's twirl. During COVID, governors and public officials implemented lockdowns. They ordered businesses to be closed and they employed strong arm tactics to make sure those businesses stayed shuttered. They had arbitrary and capricious, you can be open, you can't mandates. Tracy and Jeff Joaquin were small business owners then, and they still are. And they'll share their personal story then and how that's motivated their efforts now. I'm Kathy Anderson-Martin. And I am Stephanie Coxon. And we are two women inspiring real lives. So let's twirl. You know, I was actually in the car yesterday pulling up to work and uh, Jeff was about to come on the radio. And unfortunately, I work for a slave driver and they made me come and work. And so I was unable to hear what he had to say. Um, You said you work for a slave driver. Aren't you self-employed? Maybe. Okay. So that's all right. I just wanted to clear that up. But um, I've heard some of the Joaquin story and I'm anxious to share that with a lot of our listeners, a lot of whom probably can relate and maybe had similar uh, bad experiences during COVID, the pandemic. Scamdemic. Scamdemic. Yes. Plandemic. It's the plandemic. Plandemic. Yes. Scamdemic. So, um, so we'll get right into it. And welcome, Jeff and Tracy Joaquin. Welcome. Okay. So, are you ready for our sad story into redemption? Absolutely. Share a little bit about you know what you were doing um, when, and and we're starting at like 2020, right? Is that where we're starting with you guys? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what uh, happened in 2020. All right. So, so 2020, like most small businesses, we shut down. We were a fitness, a female fitness um, facility, and we had to shut down for a total of 10 weeks. In that time frame, we lost from 2020 to 2021, we lost 400 members. In just the first hour, when we shut down, we got 100 phone calls. Now we were out of the building, but we got a hundred phone By the way, 400 members equates to nearly half of our entire business. Do you, do you like us? We, we auto correct each other and all. That's okay. I'm <laughs> the, that the auto field today. That's okay. So, um, so anyway, in 2021, because of all of that, we had to shut down completely. So we made the decision to shut down. Um, in addition to that, Jeff had another business less than three months, three or four months later, we had to shut down another business. So we had two businesses and that was all from the mandates. Um, so, so in comes our next business. Um, during the time that we, we own the female fitness, um, we were wondering what in the heck is happening? I don't know about you guys, but we were just like, what's going on? Why isn't anybody helping? What's going, you know? So we we actually hired somebody and he did a lot of work and research to find out who helps businesses. And we came up with one organization that does an amazing job and we are very friendly with him. It's the NFIB, which is the National Federation of Independent Business. Um, So so that is a national organization. So um, anyway, what are you doing there? Okay. So that's a national organization and they do, they advocate and educate um, 
But the one thing that they didn't do was communicate it out because I'm sure that you guys, have you heard of them? I've heard of them. Um, I was thinking, you know, when you said that, uh, and maybe you'll get to this, there are also um, your local chamber of commerces. So, but how are they they different? We're going to go. So that was the other group that were said to also help small businesses. Um, So those two groups was what the research came out with. So then um, as we have found out, our insight now into chambers is that they do have to work. They have their money coming from big business. So they do cow to that. Well, that's Um, not, that's not all chambers. It's not (laughs) selected chambers. I think it's important. There are some, I I feel there are some chambers out there that are uh, working Mm -hmm. hard for small businesses. Uh, We're discovering who's the who and where's the where in all of that. Um, so that we can partner with chambers that really want to put uh, put themselves out for small business. I, I, I do want to backtrack on one thing that I think is important. Go for it. Is during the shutdown, we had our local state representative. We invited him into Momentum, into the business. Okay. Um, and to be honest with you, we didn't know what to do with him. And I don't think he knew what to do with us either. And that was a really big uh, signal to us. Can if I we ask you who it was? Are you willing to say who it was? It was uh, Representative Rothman, great guy. Pennsylvania uh, State Representative. Pennsylvania State Representative Greg Rothman at the time. He's now our, our senator uh, in our district. Um, and he, he uh, state senator, um, he's a great guy. He cares very much for small business. He's a small businessman himself. He understood what we were going through. But because the pandemic was so fresh, so foreign to everybody, nobody really knew what to do about anything. So this was a big indicator for us to say, okay, if we don't really know what's going on, how many other small business people really don't know what's going on? And how can we develop a a business model that will enable us to bring awareness to the business community? Can I just tell you that there were some state representatives at the time writing their own exemptions? Yeah, yeah. He, just that, chose, yeah. he just kind of chose to ignore what other people were doing. And and I want to um, put a kind of a something in, in here. Uh, we you have a business in Pennsylvania and our governor at the time um, turned into a little czar. So uh, I think him and Newsom were like best friends or Newsom, yeah. the other one and in, Murphy. in New York, in New, yeah. York. In New Jersey. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was bad. Um, That's Yes. So there were lockdowns, but there were also these waivers that you can be open, you can't be open and similar kinds of businesses, you know, so there was no rhyme or reason, at least here in Pennsylvania. Oh, no, no, no. The the hair salon for the governor stayed open because they were selling hand sanitizer. Let's not forget. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. so very important. So when, when the Joaquins are saying you didn't know what to do, and I mean, there was a yeah. lot of things and I know a lot of people say you should have just stayed open and some did, some didn't, but your livelihood is on the line. So I understand it. So the people kind of armchair quarterbacking saying you should have done this, yeah. you know, you have two businesses and that's your livelihood. So just want to preface that, but yeah. you have I mean, to present they closed us for 10 weeks. And then if you remember in Pennsylvania, they closed us again during Christmas and New Year's. For another three to four weeks. Specifically, we specifically. We didn't. Yeah, yeah. We did not close. If you remember, it was health clubs and restaurants. They closed again. Yeah. 
So we did not close down on that, on that. Cause I was afraid he's not going to open us back up. Like this is, re this is ridiculous. So yeah. people were getting what was going on by that time. And it was too late really yeah. at that point, every time the governor came on TV and said, stay away from health clubs, they're dangerous. I mean, the phone would ring, we'd lose members. It was like taking a, a, a dagger every time it happened. A really painful process of watching your business literally evaporate in front of you. So so you call your state representative, not he's like, uh, and then uh, that was my that was my interpretation. Uh, uh, what happened next? We're not saying that no. actually happened. No, I'm just yes. that's I'll take a paraphrase. Just, just to declare in case yes. he listens and he's uh, yeah. like, yeah. All right, before just what happened next, I got to tell you, I got a cancellation, a membership cancellation, because how dare I have that representative in? And how dare I have any politics inside the health club? I was like, what? <laughs> so that's win. kind of where we were, you know? Right. Yeah. So then what happened? Well, next, I mean, that's where we are um, it, currently in this, in this conversation is we did research. We hired someone to do some research. We found out really, yeah, certain chambers were doing some things, um, associations where, you know, the electricians association, the home, you know, all the different associations, they have their lobbyists, they have uh, their people fighting for them, but there was nobody except the NFIB who we uh, partner with a lot on issues. Uh, that's the National Federation of Independent Business, great organization, but they're somewhat in Pennsylvania have their hands tied, but they were the only other organization we found that was clearly advocating on behalf of small businesses. There's no organization that we found that is openly educating and communicating to the community what's happening in state government. So communications, you know, my other business right now, we have a marketing communications company, that's our core business. And so kind of looked at Go Big Small Biz as a communications machine. You know, how can we expose the truth of what's happening in state legislature on bills and laws that are being written that are incredibly harmful to small businesses and nobody knows about it. So um, you, you mentioned the name there, Go Big uh, Small Biz Network. That came about after all of this happened with the loss of your fitness center and so forth and realizing there wasn't a lot of advocacy and correct is that that so that that hadn't existed before you went through all of this. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. We we actually um launched go big after we closed <clears throat> excuse me after we closed uh the health club is when we actually fully launched go big small biz yeah enter redemption yes. so restoration so you know creating a business that could fight against uh government overreach which is the very thing that killed the health club and my other business right yeah and so there i mean something I mean, so often we hear you know, out of the ashes or something, yeah. another opportunity. This is the occurs. Rocky comeback story right here in business. There yeah. you go. Well, can you explain? That's, I like that. I've not used yeah. that one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I love anyone who's fighting government. So bring it on. <laughs> tell me, tell so me we, where you're at. So we just set out to start uh, educating ourselves, right? Learning the ins and outs of the incredibly uh, I don't know what you, I want to call it. The game of politics is what happens in politics is, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, yeah, politics is a messy business. Well, let me tell you something. It's really ruthless 
what goes on behind the scenes. And there's a reality to it all that we've also had to learn so that we can fight battles and win wars. Because you can't just go in there thinking you're going to change the world, right? You got to go in there, meaning going in there, meaning going into the Capitol, talking to legislators. And you really have to find a way to come alongside them, which is what we've discovered in this last, what, 18 months. Mm -hmm. We've been meeting with uh, legislators on a regular basis. That's been the interesting part for us is we call and they give us appointments and we get meetings with, with them. Had you done any of those kinds of things before um, COVID? No. Yeah. No, no. We're, we're rookies. So, so why are they even meeting with us? We're not their constituents. So it's been, the door has been open for us. We've seen 19 reps, four senators, two congressmen. Um, we're known as the husband-wife team at the Capitol right now, which is amazing. Um, so they, they know- and they're, starting, and they're starting to hear from our, our network, little by little. They're, they're starting to, because uh, because of our website, we'll talk about later, <clears throat> excuse me, in the software that allows anybody really to um, take action on a particular bill that's going to affect them at the push of a button, simple. And we'll talk about that later. So, you know, and the a lot of this show is encouraging people where they're at to, you know, stand up, do what they can and take steps. So a lot of small businesses, one, they're just busy running their business. You know, mm -hmm. um, they're all consumed with everything from whatever they do to taking out the trash and filling out the payroll slips. And, you know, they're doing everything. So a lot of times they don't think about um, legislation that's, really going to impact their business. So when you're going to visit with these, well, first of all, how do you, how are you set up that you're going to do this? Like, well, how are you, what's your revenue source to fund you to go out and advocate? Or are you just doing this on, of your own uh, goodwill? Well, that, that backs up a little bit to um, prior to meeting with legislators, I met with a lot of business uh, leaders in the community and talked to them about what we were thinking about doing. You know, I needed to validate for us, is this really a need and will businesses really get behind it and be part of something, part of a movement that could actually create uh, leverage for change, for better change for businesses. And so I went to several businesses. The idea was very broad in the beginning and until uh, feedback I got allowed us to really narrow it down into strictly business legislation, business issues that affect specifically small businesses. Um, and then I went back to that group of people as well and said, okay, we're ready to launch, but we need some money. So we did a first round of funding, uh, I wanna say back in 2022, fall of 2022, uh, that got us off the ground. Um, <clears throat> and then recently, I would say fall of 2023, we've turned our strategy toward the business community to uh, help build a subscription base that would fund our efforts, you know, that would pay for our government affairs team, uh, that would afford us to spend the time at the Capitol, you know, the website, the software, all the stuff that goes into running a, a small business. And so we've just started to do that. So we have it set up now that any small business can, can simply join the network by taking action for no money, right? Because we want numbers of people, right? Leverage comes in numbers. Or they can join our network and subscribe to it for $19 a month. And we did $19 a month because we felt that wasn't a big 
steal for anybody to have to go look at their budget to see if they can afford $19 a month. Right. And what we're finding as people learn what we're doing and then they see the 19, they're like, oh, I, I can do that. I can start to get behind that. So right now we've uh, grown. We've got several thousand uh, people in our social network, in our Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and we've got over 600 people in our network um, uh, that can take action against some of the policies and legislation that we're seeing. We've been able to go door to door and meet just cold calling, which Jeff loves. I don't, but cold calling businesses and just going in and talking to them. And generally what I get is the eye roll, the eye, not at us, but at the government. Right. Did you know this is happening? And then they, oh, here they go again. What are they up to now? What are they up to now? They don't want us around. I mean, a lot of those same comments over and over and over again. So the small businesses know that the gig's up. Yeah. They know that they're coming after. They it's interesting. There's, there's like a, to me, it feels like every business we walk in is an extreme. They either really get what we're doing and they jump on board and it's an easy conversation or, well, I just got thrown out of my first business for the first time. Guy um, thought I was soliciting. I said, I wasn't soliciting. I just want to drop off some information about the Corporate Transparency Act, which is a new law that went into effect in January that is super, super harmful to small businesses. Uh, nobody knows about it. We could talk about that later if you want. Yeah, but anyway, it'd be good to... said, we, don't, yeah. we don't talk politics here. Get out of my, get out of my store. And I said, well, can I just leave this with you then? And he's like, don't make me physically pick you up and throw you out of my store. Oh, like, wow. Okay, I'll leave, you know? So that was they my may, first. They may be shut down during second round of COVID for not taking action. I mean, just. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Comes yeah. around, goes around. When you started these outreaches to the small businesses, you know, um, did you find, I mean, obviously, a lot that felt like you, like there's no one there. I don't know where to go to during COVID. I had, you know, obviously everyone had issues closing down, being the extreme afterwards, but have you seen, you know, a lot saying like, yeah, I, you know, I know I talked to people that said, I don't understand why I'm paying my chamber dues because during COVID, they just told me, wear your mask, do the thing, shut down. And that was it, you know? And um, so they, they started to, as you said, see like, what value is this in these dues I pay? What are they doing to help me, especially when it's a crisis situation? Had, was that your experience with these businesses? I think that chambers, you have to look at chambers a little bit differently now and say, I'm paying the chambers to network and that's it. Because they really don't do anything else other than networking. Um, Maybe not you add networking to your association and we could just shut down the chambers. I mean, just throwing it out there. Yeah, well, I, would I would join for that just right there. Yeah. Yeah. To, to answer your question, though, yes. I mean, we found almost every business had questions and confusion around why we were mandated to shut down, why we had to have masks, why we had to, you know, why any of this even existed. And in, I would say nine and a half cases out of 10, every business leader I talked to said, this is a need, this is a niche, and uh, we applaud you for doing it. Uh, so there was really, cause I needed to go test it, right? And you know, there was no one saying you're crazy. Well, I had a couple of people say it's a little like pushing a boulder up a hill, isn't it? And I said, well, yeah, it's going to be. But, you know, someone's got to do it. If not us, then who? Right. The other thing about the chambers, if we can 
is they are incredibly fearful of the word lobbying. And the fact of the matter is, is you have to have some sort of influence to make change up there. I mean, that's the reality. So when we, they want nothing to do with anybody that lobbies for small businesses. I think the word lobbying has a stigma to it. It does. It's not, you know, I mean, I think to be honest, at some point along the way here, we kind of looked at each other and said, we're, we're actually lobbying, we're lobbying, aren't we? You know, and and we do have a lobbying which, firm, which is just engaging really with legislators on presenting the small yeah. business point of view on things like minimum wage and twenty week mandatory paid family leave. You know, um, do you guys find that one side of the aisle is more on board with you guys than the other side of the aisle? Oh, I mean, my. if you're a business owner, should you be voting in a particular direction to maintain your freedom? You can see us yeah. now. Our eyes are rolling. <laughs> so we've, had, we've actually gone to hearing. We've got to hear these uh, representatives speak out loud how they do not care about the business owner. Out loud. That was a quote. Was a from quote a, from, from a Democrat Dem- in the Philly area that said that, and that's all they do but, not but, care. Let me just uh, say that again. So a representative in Philadelphia, Democrat, said, we do not care about the small business owners. So he or she is completely unaware of that person is employing people in his or her district. And so I guess he doesn't understand how that works. He doesn't know where the tax money comes from to pay for. He doesn't because everything is free in America. And the truck backs up with the money. So the perception is the perception is all, all of our employees are making us rich. Right. And and the the discovery that we came upon is uh, representatives on the right side of the aisle, okay, Republicans, in the majority, many of them have run small businesses before. On the left side of the aisle, on the Democratic side, the majority have never signed the front of a paycheck. They've never run a small business before. You're not talking about AOC and the waitress <laughs> being a waitress, and that's her experience, are you? Yeah. Right. I She'd mean, be the first just... one wants the tip money, right? To go up. <laughs> yes. uh, we actually heard we were in the gallery listening to the minimum wage debate between mm-hmm. both sides of the aisle. And there was a, a gentleman on the Democratic side that said, um, uh, if a small business can't pay 15 or $21 an hour, well, then maybe they shouldn't be in business. And I was, I almost jumped out of the gallery. It would have been a pretty long fall. But I think I, we need to come back to that statement and just tear it apart a little bit and under, maybe yeah. help people maybe under, a good time for a break. Yes, yeah. like time for a break as we come back to that statement. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen to our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in class apps. Available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear us on the podcast on those same apps. You can find more out about our show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at America Out Loud under our shows or schedule. You'll be in the know. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop, that's americaoutloud.shop, and use coupon code 
out loud. Use CofixRx because it works. Asiya believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud for 25% off. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code out loud, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. can't pay your your people 15 to 21 dollars an hour you shouldn't be in business which also means that you have to increase the prices so you can afford those people which means that really there's been no increase across but, the board uh, you know i uh, so you're <laughs> sharing that our local representatives are completely clueless so part, part of them so we understand that I recently read that the White House occupant, I can't bring myself to call him president, so I say White House occupant, Fair the enough. White House occupant blamed food inflation, and I work for a food bank, so I kind of know about this, but he said the food inflation issue is because of grocery stores gouging people. So I don't feel this is just our local representative who never signed a paycheck. The, the 
guy in the White House doesn't seem to understand. Right. So, but he also pooped his pants. Well, so, so I know we have that. Well, I don't know that we should say that. Uh, okay, but anyway, that's where we're at. Okay, Tracy and Jeff. That's where we're at. I just wanted to say this as, our, as the leader of, of the United States. That's where we are. So yes. if we, the people, don't take it into our hands and educate yes, these people, we're, we're, we're screwed. We're doomed. We're, we're done. All right. So go ahead. You, the guy, you're you're throwing yourself off the bow, uh, gallery. Um, Jeff, which we're glad you didn't do that. Uh, then what happened, or what? What? Where do we go from there? Well, it's just learning more about what are the what are the adverse effects on small businesses, the harmful effect on this idea of raising minimum wage. Before I even get to that, one of the things we're really trying to communicate to legislators is why do they even think they need to be involved in telling a small business how to run their business, like? Why do they feel a need to tell us how, how to pay our employees? They don't have to work for us at whatever wage we're offering. They can go work. They can clearly go work someplace else. Anywhere. That's right. How much time we have to give them? Um, how many days a week? That's out there. Four-day work, work weeks out there now. Yeah. I mean, all of this is just intrusion into your business every single day. So here's the logic cycle, okay? What the, what the left is saying is they're saying that it's all of our neighboring states have a higher minimum wage. If we raise the minimum wage, we'll attract workers to the state. False. Um, and that businesses should be able to afford to pay people more money, and this is good for the people. So what they're really focused on is what's good for the general public, right? The piece that they're missing is the fact of inflation, the fact that um, as of 2021, we were just looking this up before we got to talk, uh, as of 2021 statistics, some 90,700 employees in our state are paid minimum wage. Well, you double that minimum wage, that will cost small business owners nearly $1.4 billion. That's a billion with a B. And this is why some experts are saying that there's going to be a significant loss in in um, in employees, you know, uh, unemployment. Let's put that in perspective. There's 1.1 million businesses in the state of Pennsylvania. So you got 96,000. There's not a ton of businesses that are paying, you know, minimum wage. And what wage. they're saying is nobody's paying minimum wage anyway. So what's the point? It's like, well, wait a minute. There's 90,700 employees being paid minimum wage. You know, a large uh, portion of that. I believe, I don't have a fact on this, but I believe a large portion of that is in the nonprofit world because mm -hmm. the nonprofits can't have people work for them for no money. It's illegal. You got to pay them something. So minimum wage is really designed for, well, one of those purposes. It's designed for someone that has no skills, no experience. I mean, if we still own the health club at this point, um, you know, we can't pay an employee $15 an hour to hand out towels and say good morning or a high school student or a, a young college student to do that or a retired person that just wants something to do to engage with people. They don't, they don't even care how much money they make. They're just, they just want to be out in the community. Mm -hmm. I, There's I also a, I think that is a number that's a lot of times not reflected in we, I mean, I've, I was just reading a, recently about the increase in part-time employees. Like a lot of these employment numbers are very skewed because yeah. it's including part-time people, people taking second jobs because of inflation, yeah. uh, because of giant government 
you know, dump truck fulls of money anyway, but it doesn't take into account those high school kids getting a first job and they're making seven bucks or whatever an hour, you know, to work 10, 12, 15 hours a week. Right. Um, you know, it's good for them and good experience yeah. and so forth, but you're right. They, what do they bring to the table to warrant being paid more uh, for, for their efforts? I still bring it back to, this is my business model, not the government's business model. And people can choose to work for the benefits and the wages that we offer or not. Just like same thing during the shutdown. You know, if I'm a restaurant and I want to be open and not separate my booths and require masks and I, I'm against that, I don't need to go eat there. You know, let it be the choice of the people. Let the feet make the decision, right? Absolutely. For, well, and I think so many, so many of these things, it comes down to control. Um, you know, it's, we want to be in control. We want government to say it, not the people. And that, that is the crux of so many of these things. Don't you think Stephanie? Yeah. It's like an abusive relationship. Honestly, it's like an abusive relationship where you're just being, you know, oppressed at every single angle from people who don't know what they're doing. They right. have no, they have no experience. They have no knowledge. You know, their, their only thing in life is I was a waitress and I felt like I didn't make enough money. I didn't go get an education to elevate myself. I did not, you know, work towards something to elevate myself. So everyone should have the same. That's how I see it. Maybe I, I'm wrong. No, I, I agree. Like having a trophy for sixth place, seventh place, and eighth place. You yes, know. the a trophy for everyone. That's why we have, that's my, oh, now you got me on a soapbox, the participation <laughs> trophy. The participation trophy. That's why we have this whole generation. They got awards for doing nothing, and now they want award in the workplace for doing nothing. It's yes. So please hey, before, we, before we run out of time with you, can we bring up another very important law that was just passed that we really want your audience to know about? It's sure. I, federal we have, law. We have another fifteen minutes or so with you, so if you could share some of these issues that, if there are small business owners listening to us, people who work for small businesses. What should they be paying attention to? If you could share a few of those things, that'd be great. So there's a couple of things. Um, right now, we're tracking some 20 different pieces of legislation, but a couple a couple of them, a handful of them are very high on our radar. Is this um, state or federal or both? Um, this is state, but I am going to tell you about a federal one that is significant enough that our state businesses need to know about. But there are things like 20-week mandatory paid leave, is this federal? Um, yeah, they want they want us to be um, really considerate of people who are dealing with personal issues um, to give them 20 weeks off paid family leave. And the answer to so to uh, paying for that is really in subsidy. And, but in this case, it's actually a hidden tax that will be in the payroll check. So every employee is going to end up being taxed so that some employees can take 20 weeks paid family leave. And I'm sure that policy won't get abused by anybody, you know, anyway. It's a 50-50 oh, so yeah. split. So 50% of um, that the employee has to pay and the other 50 is the employer. Which is yeah. probably a good time to say that it costs a business to have an employee well over 20%, um, you know, in, in government add-ons, right? So part of the issue is just the sheer amount of taxation coming down from the government already. That mm -hmm. makes it very difficult for businesses to run and pay better wages because imagine that percentage going back to the employee, right? Who could actually utilize that in their own life instead are, you know. My, my theory on that, you know, now we're um, getting electronic pay, you know, you used to get a pay stub, you got a check and a stub. So you could see that. 
Now we don't get that. You get electronic. I mean, a lot of times I just see what goes in my account. I don't look at my stub. Young people, I have no clue. They have no. never seen their pay stub because they don't go online. So they don't know that these things, as you mentioned, all of a sudden I'm paying for someone else to take five weeks leave if they need it. Yeah. yeah. And the larger hidden issue behind the 20 week paid family leave that nobody's talking about, you know, in my marketing company, if I have two people that do that, how do I hire and train people to come in for 20 weeks and have the same DNA as the rest of the organization, the same culture? You know, when in my experience over the years, and I was taught this, this isn't something that I, I came up with, is it takes close to a year for a new employee to come into an organization and really become highly effective. But these knuckleheads on the left, did I just say that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought that was very polite compared to what's happening in my head. Yes. <laughs> because we've never run a small business before. They don't, they're not thinking about the ripple effects of the laws that they're writing. So one of the, one of our reps in PA also said to us, well, you know, in Europe, they take a year off. Yeah. They get pregnant That's women. Great. I yeah. think that rep should move to Europe and enjoy their taxes and their system. And they can wait a year to get into the hospital and everything 100%. else. So, have fun and go buy your private insurance so that you can actually get, you know, hospital care when you need it. So, so now those go off on the soapbox. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, those that yeah. issue and, and a couple other um, state pieces of legislations are on our website. People can go read the actual legislation. They can see our point of view and they can take action. But the other one I want to bring up really quickly is a federal law, not not typically where we sit in terms of our business model, but we brought this one out because it's critically can, important. Can I say one thing really quickly? Because I, I, I want people to understand the importance of paying attention to other states because we have a wide audience and other states will mimic other states. There's like there, there literally is something that happens that a large organization or something goes into multiple states at one time to produce the similar laws. And that it, it very much is succinct, succinct in the, the states that kind of match up together. And I, I'm on a board of a company and I've learned a lot of those come from California. So if yes. you're watching what California's doing and you're in a liberal kind of state like Pennsylvania, you can bet that's going to come to you in a year or so. That's so right. Go it's ahead. like there's a bridge between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. And I would like to say, I think I do have a solution for employers not to, you know, if this 20 week thing comes into play. If you just hire conservatives, they, they have research has shown they're mentally healthier. They're a little more attractive. So I think it's a win-win if we just start to, you know, High on, you know, higher on political. That was actually a yeah. study that conservative women are more attractive. I know. So I know. I'm you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, Joaquin, like a, you're welcome. Yes. That's our that solution. Sounds like, a, sounds like an HR nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a law against that yet. Yeah, we just feel that we <laughs> needed to say that, but go on. <laughs> so the other, the other thing that's a federal law that was just passed in January, um, it's called the Corporate Transparency Act. Uh, this was a this was a bill, uh, a law that was vetoed by Trump back in 2019, uh, but our Congress ended up pushing it through. And it requires every business. So if you're a business under 20 employees or a business under five million in revenue or you own 25 percent or more of your company, you are now required 
to fill out what's called beneficial ownership information. They call it BOI with FinCEN. And FinCEN is the United States Treasury's financial crimes network. Never knew there was such a thing, but there's such a thing now. And what they're really after is they're after all of your personal banking information and, and other personal information that's not necessarily required by the IRS or when you file a business. So if you're a corporation of any kind or an LLC, you're required to fill this paperwork out. Failure to do that. Failure to do that this year, if you were a business established prior to January 1st, is $10,000 in fines up and to. up to $10,000 in fines and three years in jail. Well, that's free food and board as inflation goes up. So I mean, <laughs> it is a viable option, just saying, as we move forward. Um, as you're as you're talking about that, um, what so is it better to be a sole proprietor? Like there's got to be a loophole for people. Do we go back to. So you, know, you would I would go on to that website, FinCEN, and I would check out the 23 exemptions and one of the exemptions is sole proprietor and a nonprofit. And, and a, a financial institution, because they already have some regulations yeah. on them, but we're not sure what those look like. And by the way, the reason why the federal government is doing this is because the states don't do this. So when you go to uh, the state of Pennsylvania and, and, you know, go to the business site, you don't have to do all of this. The federal government wants this and they want it because they're concerned about fraud and what am I thinking of? What? Are, oh, money laundering. Money laundering. Money laundering and yeah. also funding terrorist organizations because. Oh, like our government has done? Why? Yeah. 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 And oh. you know, the pizza shop down the street is really working hard at that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And primary focus again it goes back to that control issue and then this is even control over the states if the states are going to do it we're going to do it at the yeah. federal yeah. one yeah. and then we're going to have an excuse that sounds good to everyone like hey we're just preventing terrorism but it's really about controlling the actions and activities of the small business which yeah. my my question for that really is you know if something is not outlined in the u.s constitution it falls back to the states so how how is it that the federal government is able to do this well, that's a good question with a lot of things happening right now. Yeah. So, there yeah. You I mean, I know the legislative cycle and stuff. I just I'm wondering how much they're over actually overstepping, overreaching and not really legal if it went to the Supreme Court. Maybe we just need to send everything up there at this it doesn't point. Matter. There's a lot of people in jail against things that weren't legal for them to be in jail for. Yeah. yeah. So, if, if I could just go a little bit, which is, you know, our our governor was did for his budget the other day on Tuesday was saying, well, uh, we have 3.5 million, I'm, I'm just making that number up, for small businesses in Main Street. And then he snuck in small and diverse. But that's our tax paying money. How do you get to just give grants to certain groups? How do you, how do, you do that? That just, to me seems illegal, but yeah. you need that's a, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. <laughs> right. So are there others? So we have the 
20 weeks or whatever it is of paid leave, or it seems like months of paid leave that you could do. So basically Europe. Yes, we have this this other situation. Yeah. Are there other things? I know there are other things, but what else? I don't know. I can maybe let them keep going. They're on a roll. I got a good one for you. All right. Go no, ahead. It's quick. You go. But you, all right. It's a four-day work week at 32 hours. So um, because we need our mental health, um, you could do it in 32 hours. You still have to be paid for a 40-hour work week. Uh, that was a pilot program brought out by a Democrat in the Harrisburg area. He would like to do that. Um, and then it was, came out as a memo. So it's out there. Yeah, we, it first, is out there. we first heard about it at a chamber meeting. And I went up to that representative and I said, listen, I said, I would encourage you to bring in a handful of business owners like me and ask us, what does a four-day work week look like for our businesses? Because we cannot produce in four days what we produce in five days. And to ask us to pay employees 40, for 40 hours of work for doing 32 hours of work is unreasonable. And then his response is, well, we're going to subsidize that. And I mm -hmm. said, we don't want subsidies. Business owners don't want more paperwork to fill out to get subsidies. We don't Can want credit. We don't want. We don't want it. We just leave us alone. <laughs> Can I ask um, who the representative was, or who's pushing this? Pilot, yeah, that pilot was uh, Representative Dave Matson. Uh, honestly, I think I'm for working only 32 hours and getting paid for 40. I think I could support that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm some a lot of people have said a lot of people have said that what you know I don't have a problem with that. I said, listen, this comes back to our philosophy. Why do you feel the need to tell us if I want to offer my employees a 32 hour a week and pay them for 40 as a business owner, I get to do that. We give our employees every fourth Friday off because we chose to do that, not because we're being mandated to do it. And that's the big message here is like, stop mandating us and let us run our businesses. You know, I think something that feeds into this of what you're dealing with as small business owners and Stephanie and I have had numerous shows about the education system. There's something right now in Pennsylvania about giving kids the right to have the day off for mental health issues. You know, I just, oh, I'm tired. My social studies is overtaxing my poor little eighth grade mind. So I need a day off. And that and that has been passed in other neighboring states. I say that because I that makes me furious. But that also then sets those kids, that eighth grader today has that expectation that you're going to give them off, you know, if they're your employee for mental health. Because, hey, I had it all through school. Why shouldn't I have it in, in your business? You know, and so these things are all, it's so, to me, diabolical because it's all planned, in my personal opinion, uh, again, and it comes back to control. As you said, Jeff, you know, um, we want to do that. We shouldn't be mandated or told how to operate our business. But of course, if you've never operated a business, well, you don't know. It teaches the Democrats' motto, victim mentality, right? Yes. Poor me, poor me, and poor dependency. me. Depend on and the government, yes. the giant mama bear will feed you and give you everything and you don't have to do anything for it. Right. Yeah, if you really put, peel the onion all the way back to the center, my thinking is that this is a very intentional strategy to take us into a two class society. They are and the middle class is diminishing because of these governmental policies. Yeah. You know, when you look back to the fifties and corporations were taking care of their employees, right. The more the government has put, you know, their 
policies into place, the less the company can actually, it really strong, it strongholds the company. And I don't know that people recognize that. Like no. what we have is a government problem, not a, not a um, entrepreneurship problem. You know, I think we're all wise enough to know that we want the best talent, despite what, you know, what your background is. I think we're all smart enough to know what we can offer our employees to keep them coming back because we don't want them walking out because it's like you said, you know, it takes a long time, time to train. We're not idiots. You know, mm -hmm. this is really a government issue that is, is keeping companies from being able to really take care of people and do it well, in my opinion. So we're, our time um, is wrapping up with you, but can you just um, take a last minute or two and share what should small business owners be doing? And, um, you know, you shared some of the information and I hope some of them are going, what, you know, what can they be doing uh, and what should they be doing? Yeah. So uh, what we are encouraging small business owners to do is to get involved in a very simple way. Go to our website, gobigsmallbiz.com. That's go big small biz, B -I -Z .com, and simply go to the take action page. It's taking about a minute, less than a minute to register and take action against one of the uh, legislations that we've talked about here. And then you're part of our network. And anytime we shoot out an email that says take action to take the 30 seconds to do that, because every voice matters. When a legislator gets one correspondence from our network, they count it as 30. So imagine thousands of correspondences going into our legislators and they have to take notice and they will take notice. And they have told us we do see that and we do take notice. So it's really getting involved with us so that small business owners can have a big voice. Well, I thank you for what you're doing. Um, you know, I'm sorry for what happened to you and your business during COVID. Uh, but I think we had Representative Scott Perry on here a few weeks ago and his comment that keeps, I actually wrote it on my whiteboard at work, that during our darkest moments, our brightest light can shine. And that's certainly what happened with you. You know, I, and, and we thank you so much. And I, I really hope that other, other, you know, other people hear your story in other states and say, you know what, I can do this too. Because that's what we need are people like the Joaquins like starting a trend, going out there, door knocking, and um, hopefully not getting kicked out of places, but, right. you know, <laughs> but like making, you know, making people aware so that everyone knows what's happening in their state. But even people in other places need to be aware because if it's not in their state yet, it's probably coming. And so just being aware of what is being pushed, um, it well, needs to be a priority for people. And I think, that, you know, the Joaquins, two things, they are an example of um, something horrible happened to them. You know, they lost everything they worked for. They could have just said, we're done and, you know, gone on and done something else. But instead, they took action and said, how can we help other people and ourselves not go through this again? Yeah. And the other thing is the resilience. Last week, our show was a young lady who was born into horrific circumstances, but she said, I did not want to grow up being dependent on the government. I wanted to do something better. You know, so that resilience and that fighting spirit, whether you're a business owner like the Joaquins or an individual, you have to, you have to do that. I, 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 my personal philosophy is I don't care how big the carrot is, never take anything from the government. I, 
Yes, I think that was a famous Ronald Reagan quote. Like, oh, the worst thing is I'm from I'm the government and I'm here, here to help. help. Wait, didn't Biden just use that though in a speech? Biden used to. I, I think, I don't or feel someone he had someone, no idea what someone he was talking well, about. He probably pooped his pants as he was he saying. Stop talking about the bowel issues of the well, of the White House. Occupant. It's our leader. I know <laughs> it's the leader of the free world. <laughs> I, I, you know, oh, don't get me started on that one. But you know, again. This is so important to be aware. And I think the Joaquin Sheriff, you don't have to go do and learn all of this yourself. You can't do learn it. You have no. people like them yeah. who are there. And for like 20 bucks a month, you can have their assistance and all the work they're doing on your behalf as a small business. Right. To be to get that information. Which you don't is, have to go do it yourself. Which is crazy affordable when you look at what a lot of the associations charge. Oh my, yeah. I mean, it's it's hundreds of dollars nothing. and hundreds of dollars. Or right. Thousand maybe. Right. And I don't know that the chamber ever really provided much except for networking. And I, I honestly feel like you're you do better going out and joining other groups. Right. I, I mean, I hate to say that, but they didn't do anything. I don't feel like they're doing much now. You know, I just right. I wonder why they're still around, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and I applaud them, uh, the Joaquins, again. So much of this is education. I deal with a lot of youth groups and talk to them. And I have this thing. I always say free is not free because I actually had a young person come in. I mean, I've worked in the nonprofit the past few years as my kids were little. And a guy came in. I'm talking about what we do because we do nice things, you know, as a nonprofit. And this kid, college kid, goes, I, I don't like rich people. <laughs> I said, we love rich people <laughs> at the nonprofit because rich people pay for all of this. Yeah. You know, what do they do? They're investing to give jobs. The Joaquins go out. They hire people. Yep. Um, they give to people, you know, they give to nonprofits. And again, it, that's wait, my job. What did the what did the person say? The well, kid? he was just he was just like, Ugh. you know, yeah. he couldn't believe it. That was like I was in Boston once. And, you know, in Boston, a lot of them hate corporations. So this one lady was going on and on how she hates corporations as she brings out her iPhone and starts to yeah. use it in front of me. And I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> I, but, you know, we have to educate and you have to tell that every yeah. time I do. And I explained how it works because. I just feel they just don't know. Just like the Joaquin said, we have these people that are elected officials who right. are like, hey, just pay your employees this much. You should be able to do it and not be in business. No clue. All right. Um, so so maybe this is a this is a idea for people in Philadelphia. Make sure that your representatives have some sort of of business experience beyond waitressing or whatever it is the waitering I guess it was a guy but anything just a little more experience in life although you know now you shouldn't really for those of you who are waitressing and waitering that's actually the ultimate entrepreneurial activity because you give good okay, service good to get point. a bigger tip that's why that's I, a good point. I have fits about when they put the tip and say this is what I you love have to waitressing when I was younger I think that's every right. kid should do that because you did that or retail Yes. Waitress. Well, yeah. Then you have retail. to really put up with people. Yes. And so we, see how dumb everyone we, is. <laughs> yes. yes. So we can't really knock the wait staff. I actually, they work hard. And honestly, anymore, I'm just happy they're showing up because there's so many that aren't even willing to do that. Yeah, and where I, have all the people gone? I mean, I we, we want to pay people. We don't even have people to hire though. I mean, all, every business is struggling to find people to even higher and that's at the lower levels and even higher, higher levels. levels i just yes. talked to an employment agency she hires um accountants and cfos and stuff i said how are you doing she said i'm still trying to find accountants she can't she can't fill jobs that are very high paying because she right. doesn't have enough people qualified to it's to like people it. have disappeared i don't know i don't know so, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something uh, but paying attention to this stuff is it, just important at every single level federal 
state, remember that most of your biggest kind of punch to you is at the state level. And so every person needs to be paying attention to your local politics from your township all the way up to your, your state um, legislators. And I can't emphasize that enough because that's your protection right. from the federal government. And it's our, our federal government is out of control. You should be making those calls. As uh, Jeff said, you know, they view those calls. They want to hear it. They take it. They keep tallies of who called. So you have and that can take seconds, minutes of your day. Right. Um, Jeff and Tracy also said how easy they seem to find to be able to go in and talk to these people and share and educate them. Of course, we can't all do that, but we can support folks like them who are doing that and do our part. Yeah, absolutely. Because, but we can't just put our head in the sand and say, well, what'll be will be. It is your life. It is your business. It is your kids' lives and your grandkids. And yeah. if you just don't care about your kids' lives, well, then put your head in the sand. That's that's, that's how I feel. That's kind of harsh. Yeah, I, I, I just had it with these people. Like, I just don't have time for it. I'm like, well, then you know what? It's true. Yeah, because you you make time to go, you know, and I, I don't want to say this. You're You're at your kids' practice five days a week. Well, take one of those, just take one of those away and go do something else, you know, so that yes. you're protecting your children because you're yes. doing nothing for them standing at the practice. We're all fired up now. I know. <laughs> I think my blood pressure like is a little Jeff, up. Jeff Joaquin said he did not fling himself off the gallery when the legislator was saying something ridiculous. I'll hold on to so you. So <laughs> I'm on this little stool, but I don't really have far to go, but I still don't want to fall down. So that's okay. We don't want you breaking a hip today. No, Kathy. not at all. So... You know, I think um, there again, and the purpose of this show is to say wherever you are, in whatever capacity you can, stand, stand up, up, step forward, and, and speak, speak out. out.